0: Hi, I'm Valerie Steele, Director and Chief Curator of the Museum at FIT, the most fashionable museum in New York City. Welcome to our Fashion Culture podcast series, featuring lectures and conversations about fashion. If you like what you hear, please share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag
1: #FashionCulture.
0: Thank you so much for coming to do this.
1: Absolutely, it's a pleasure. It's good to reconnect with people, right, in you know a face-to-face. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, I remember so well your beautiful uh, fashion show in February at the Rainbow Room. And I thought looking back so seems like so long ago now. <laughs> um, if we could just use that as a jumping off point to talk about, you know, the arc of your career and what you've accomplished that mm-hmm. you've been proud of and how you've gotten where you are today.
1: Let me just start with you know, that particular show, February was really um an important show for me, now, when I look back in hindsight, you know, it was, it was titled Impossible Dreamers. Yes. And this whole idea and the notion that um, what America, especially what New York stands for, you know, I always say America for me is less of a country, more of an idea, where, you know, differences, different ideas, different people, um, creativity, it thrives and it's celebrated. For me, it was this particular moment that I wanted to capture. That is when everyone I it was before the pandemic and everyone was like, Oh, is New York still relevant? Is New York still relevant, yeah. you know? As we fashion people <laughs> like to talk about, like, you know. I felt like the relevance is still there. You just have to make an extra effort to find it. Yeah. You know? And this was pre-pandemic, right? And so for me, um, it was about celebrating, like all of us. People here, like sometimes we come here with a simple desire to fulfill our passion. And whether that passion leads to monetary, you know, fulfillment or not, we're taking a gamble. That's what New Yorkers do, you know. And so when I looked, that particular show was really important for me because it kind of captured my 10 years, 10 plus years of like, you know, um, the arc of where I started and what I believed in. And from day one, I remember my first collection in itself, somebody had asked me, you know, who the woman is. And I said, without saying it just came to me, I said it was a thinking man sex symbol. And what I really wanted, what I really meant at that particular time was fashion at that particular moment was putting women in two categories. One, if you cared about about fashion, you were not a smart girl. If you... You know, uh, if you didn't care about, you know, if you were a smart girl, you didn't really care about like, yeah. that kind of an idea. Yeah. And, and I always believed, because I grew up with strong women who cared about fashion, creativity, style, and I always wanted to celebrate that. And it was, I always felt like the women that I wanted to celebrate was unapologetically themselves. And in whatever full feminine glory, whatever they wanted to, um, you know, present themselves in. So I wanted to celebrate that. Um, so I don't know if it answers all of your questions. Yeah. I didn't know, yet. you know, so, um, the arc is, I don't know how many of your viewers know this. mean you know like, when I was born in Singapore, I grew up in Nepal. Um, I, I lived in India, London, and Australia, and I came here, um, to study, <coughs> study fashion. I went to Parsons, yeah. interned Donna, worked at Raleigh and then became a design director at Bill Blass. And when I launched my brand in 2009, it was deep in recession, you know, and and I remember everyone had told me not to do it, but I felt like instinctively it was the right thing to do. And if it didn't work out, I'd blame it on recession. That's what I thought, you know. But um, for me, it was um, simply with this idea and notion that I, I came here knowing no one. You know, with this idea of living my, realizing my American dream. And I felt like deep in the recession, in the most challenging time, is when I think creativity fosters, you know. So I left my big apartment and went to a tiny little studio in East Village. Went on unemployment and lots of dates. And, (laughs) uh, And that's how I, you know, managed. And my first collection in itself was, you know, my friends and family at my friend's gallery. It was like really... Budget, <laughs> like I, yeah. there was no budget. Let's no just budget, budget. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then, um, and it was two hours presentation. First hour was just like an assistant, buyers, editors, and everyone. They started texting their bosses. That's when Kathy Horan, uh, Women's with Daily, everyone from Vogue, and they all showed up. And the next morning when I woke up, um, my collection was on the cover of uh, Women's with Daily. That's how I started, yeah. you know. And and though. At this point, when we are like, you know, talking about, oh, the media, the paper, who cares about print magazines and all that. And in 2009, uh, what that cover meant to me was, usually those seven days are, uh, you know, allocated for the big guys. Yes. Donna, Ralph, Calvin, Tommy, uh, Mark, Michael Kors, yeah. you know. And um, so for someone like me, no one, who knew, can, no, not, nobody had heard about me. Um to get that cover it completely changed and it just took off. Yes. All I wanted was to make clothes. I didn't realize it we was to take on that fast and so now here I am. What's
0: changed now for you since March?
1: Lots. Um, you know, the way we if you look at the business side of it, the way we operate business is completely different now. Um it has been um without like an like universe across the board, universally, globally, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're an employee, um, all of us, we are It's challenging. There's no doubt about it. It has been, um, you know, um, for a lot of people, it's been difficult and for me too, but what I've really found about in this particular moment is a sense of community mm. that our industry didn't have before. I had my own pockets of different friends, you know, and now, all of us coming together, uh, having being really open and vulnerable about our you know um, businesses, whether it 's going to survive or not, whether what are you doing, how can we support it, each other um, you know sharing resources and so that has been like really i would say inspiring in that way um, and but for me, this particular moment has been the most inspiring time of my entire life you know i look at a lot of people who are like oh it's like you know we want summer 2020 to be over and And i was like you know when i look back at this particular moment i decided to stay in new york not leave new york simply because i knew history was being made i live right near washington square park my living room faces broadway and i've like you know i go to all these protests and marches and to see the world especially america and and the world having this awakening reckoning realizing about our like and, and being able to examine ourselves yes. you know things that were uh thinking you know we thought that we were right uh how, you know having being forced to question those this fight for, this protest for social justice, you know. And I look at it, and I honestly, truly, I say this to all my friends, I am so glad I'm alive alive to see this. I am so inspired by the people on the streets, you know, fighting for everything that they feel is right. And, I mean, to sum it up, for me, in spite of all these challenges of businesses and um, everything that, you know, the uncertain future, this has been the best summer of my life. Because um, no longer is creativity just in a museum, Mm -hmm. it's on the streets. Whether it's those murals that, you know, uh, the businesses they, they protect, try to protect their businesses where they're boarded up and with all these wooden panels. And now it's, there's all this incredible art there. Whether it's the music that you hear in Washington Square Park in different parks, whether you, when you go to Sheridan Square, where, which is, um, right in front of stone Wall, yes. like, you know, which, which had, the city had become so gentrified, yes. you know, so the people who made gentrified left. And I say they left it. To us? To us, yeah. They left it for us. And to see all these pockets of Chelsea Piers, West Side Highway, which is so filled with, like, the, the wellness fanatics. You know, nothing <laughs> against them, you know. Now to see old school, um, you know, um, Paris, voguers, uh people from Paris is burning to all these, you know, um, trans activists. They're like just having this conversation, music, everything. It has been most inspiring. And I feel like I am just, a, for, the, for the time being, I may be the collateral damage of this movement, you know, but I'm okay with it. I know I'll bounce back. I know we all will bounce back because I've lived here for in New York for 20 years. And if there's, if there's something that we New Yorkers know is to bounce back, Yes, you know, it may take a little bit of time. We're resilient. You know, we're unafraid to get our hands dirty and work and make it uh, make it come through. So I find it really. So that's what my, you know, like this summer has been um, reconnecting with people, um, just learning so much and to see our industry mm. uh, In each industry, and especially fashion industry, since we are in that world, you know, having not just like you know um, an awakening, but you know having being forced to take accountability for their history and actions, Um, and it's been something that's really you know like it's been great, and including myself. And as you know, if you've seen, you've followed my collection and everything, uh, social justice using my platform for through fashion, talking about human issues, political issues, yes. cultural issues, has always been in the forefront yeah. for me. So, um, so yeah, it's been, I, I, I look at it, it's been, I don't know, I feel alive. That's so
0: wonderful. I mean, when you say how it's such a historic period, I guess that's really true. It's just such a concatenation of events. It was the plague, it was Black Lives Matter, it yeah. was the whole trans movement yeah. and the movement against Trump and to try and change everything.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: it, it, is, it is inspiring, but I think that's because you weren't alone, isolated at home. We found these ways to yeah. communicate yeah. and align with
1: people. Yeah, it, it was, and you know, and, and I think, as I said, like you know, when I came to America, I came with this to follow my passion, but because I believed America, and I still believe in the, in the goodness in America. I mean, there's so much good here, and there's, um, I believed because. When I was back home in Nepal, a kid, you know, reading about New York, my favorite artists, and whether it's Warhol, Basquiat, Madonna, Debbie, Harry, you know, all of the imagining them in East Village, it beckoned me, it called for me, and that's why I came. And they all looked different, they all had different points of views, and, and I wanted that. And when I came in, initially it was that. Then it changed, you know. I became an entrepreneur, I became in the position of like running my business, making money, and all of that stuff. And then you suddenly, like, you're like, okay, wait, did I lose myself, you know? And then, then to um, you know, have this particular moment, I'm not trying to romanticize this particular moment, please don't get, you know, don't get me wrong about that. It is the difficulty is apparent and we see it, but to. Have this country and the world, like, unpeel the injustice, not just, I mean, racially, economically, culturally, politically, everything. Um, you know, I I think it is a good time for all of us to take a look at ourselves, all of ourselves, and see how we're going to move forward, you know?
0: And how do you think that's going to affect us in terms of fashion and how we present ourselves? Because you were saying, I mean, there are wonderful looks on the street. How How are people... Using this moment to and using fashion and, and an appearance to say what they believe in.
1: You know, I think I've always believed this: what you wear, who you choose to wear, where it is made, what kind of designer you wear. Like you know, yeah. You know, there's there's an aspect of like the physical aspect, which is like, oh, you, I want you want to look pretty, you want to look good. Like beyond that, there's also, um, you know, it says a lot about who you are. You know, and Sometimes, for the longest period of time, um, I felt in our industry and fashion and the world is, you know, there are less percentage of people who are individual uh, who can create their own style. There are a lot of followers, yes. right? And so. When you're in this, I mean, and especially in the social media world, if you look at it with all these, like, you know, TikToks and Reels and everything, you think, I mean, it's like basically, there's not much of an individuality. Yeah. You're just, like, following, like, you know, doing yeah. what, what everyone is doing. In, that, in this particular world, that, to me, what it says is to have an individual point of view, whether it's through your clothes that you wear, social media, what you post, it says a lot about yeah. you. And how people are going to change? I hope is, you know, just being unafraid to um, a be who they are. C, I mean, I mean, a B, like, it, it, it could be like, um, you know, um, and express however they want to be, unapologetically. And I think you know, um, who knows what happens. And business-wise, a lots going to change. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be like in the September shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, you know, people are going to really think about like how uh, how we do business. Industry in itself was ailing for the longest period of yes. time. The way it was run with this like non-stop seasons of fashion shows. You know, non-stop. Like you know, as creative person, like a lot of my other designer friends, we were just like. Actually, we're kind of glad we we got a break, yeah, you know. And so, now for me personally, what we've decided is I'm going to do two shows a year, okay, great, and um, and two collections a year that's going to be divided into like you know a couple of drops. And I may decide to do just one show per year, but I want to do something when I have something really substantial to say, you know. Um, I think. What it really made me, this particular moment made me realize was it's been six or seven or eight years, actually, I would say, since I've been very vocal about like, what I believe in and whether it's politically, whether it's women's rights, whether it's immigrants' rights, whether it's about who gets to be American. Yeah. You know? um, and I realized you know, I just want to amplify that message because I know what I can do is. And one of the reasons you know, it was my thing was my clothes are at a designer luxury price yeah. point. And a lot of people were, were like, you know, what, the way you protest, the way you're talking about all this stuff, it's on the street. You know, that's what they yeah. said. And I said, that's true. That's 100% true. Yeah. But what happens to the dinner tables where the checks for these uh, political parties get signed? What happens to those, um, the one percentage? And what happens to those dinner tables? Through my clothes, I want to penetrate those dinner yes. tables. And have those difficult conversations. The path that I chose is a difficult one, and I know that mm-hmm. because the women who've been my support and followers are, you know, extremely liberals, um, extremely uh, they're Republicans. They're all, all they come from mm-hmm. every mix of life. But my conversation has always been because they know who I am. My collection is pretty, I think, out there mm-hmm. in terms of what I believe yes. in, in terms of rights and justice and social justice. And it's a conversation they're willing to have with me, you know. Whether And what it tells me is this: whether they, they vote the way I want them to vote or not, it doesn't matter to me at this particular moment. what it says to me is them supporting me, okay someone who's this vocal about my belief in, the, in social justice in, in this world says also a little bit about them,
0: mm. you know
1: that um, you know they do believe I always like to believe that they do believe in what I believe in, you know so because nobody tells you who they vote for, right right and so. That's where I feel, um, I don't know, you know,
0: how in practical terms, have you been working throughout this whole mm-hmm. crazy t- time? Um, your team together, uh-huh. you work long distance. W- what are you planning yeah. to do for the next collection? Yeah. How is that going to play out?
1: So um, right after the pandemic, you know, we had to furlough people. We just needed to like uh, really think about like and how we're going to run our business, you know, and you know, mine is a completely self-financed, independent yeah. brand. And um, so right now we're bring, slowly bringing back people. So our, a few things happened. We immediately, we had uh, direct-to-consumer e-commerce yeah. already, but we really doubled down on that effort. So we're coming up with like, whether it's like a drops, so whether things that we do, like things, especially for e-commerce, that is the, people have been saying, that is the future, you know, we're learning a lot. So that's what, one thing that happened. The second thing is, you know, I'm going to... So Business of Fashion had organized this uh, chat between, I would say, 60, 70 designers and creatives mm. of uh, fashion industry globally. And there was, like, a couple of months, of like, conversation about what do we really want to see changing yes. in this industry. Yes. And it led to um, conversation around, like, you know, how the markdowns in the business are done and also... Uh, like what, what the shows look like, what is our responsibility, not just as creative exhaustion, but also resource exhaustion yes. and climate change, like, and how are we affecting all of that stuff? So, it, and they pro- propose this idea, which I'm actually following, and which is um, basically what we're going to change the model into is, like, see now, buy now, I mean, buy now a mm-hmm. model. Like, you know, for the longest period of time, they're be show a collection, then it's, it takes six months to hit the stores. Wow. By that time there's, you know, it used to work, pre-digital era now everybody wants immediate Uh, so that we're shifting that we're trying that out Um, and I think as I said earlier like it's going to be two collections a year so we're changing the way we are doing business we're completely um, you know uh increasing our efforts in, in terms of the sustainability. Yes. The fabrics that we use, the carbon footprint that we are, um, you know, we're leaving behind like All of that responsibility, we are moving forward with that because that is the way uh, to be. That is the only way moving forward. And it is, you know, a lot of us designers were thinking about that and moving forward with that. So I'm particularly excited about yeah. it. You know, um, I went to... The other day,
0: ah, wonderful.
1: And um, I think the the artist and DJ, like in the um, was Carl Craig, I think his name is, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we went down there, and you know, it was this um, sound installation. It was so I was there, and I was there with my friend Laura Kim, who's from Oscar De La Renta, creative director there. And then we were like just listening to the music, and it started to build up and build up, and it was the most emo- emotional thing. We walked over in tears. We, were literally saying, we, we know why shows are important. Yes. We know what it is. You know why. And when the time is right, we'll definitely do it. You know, when the moment calls for it, we'll definitely do it. Because as much as we want digital images on videos and everything, nothing, nothing can replace the moment. You've been to shows. Yes. You watch there. We're behind the scenes, you know. We don't know what's going to happen. We've got everything lined up. We're and something that uncertainty of that particular moment in the seven minutes or to twelve minutes of the show, anything can happen, is what I think can't be replaced. Yes. You know, so when the time is right, we'll do that. But right now, we're focusing on um, you know how we're moving forward. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There's just been so much waste and stupidity yeah. that I think people have forgotten about the really emotional and creative parts of fashion yeah. Yeah. so it's just like a treadmill you're running as fast yeah, as you can
1: absolutely absolutely I and you don't even get to when you're doing collection you know i always feel like you want to you know you want to sit with it you want to marinate with an idea you want to enjoy soak it in you don't even get 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 a chance to do that mm-hmm. because you're like constantly yeah. making stuff and i'm just like i just want to breathe mm-hmm. i just want to breathe i want my team to be not ex- exhausted and you know they've been working non-stop and um, it almost becomes like you don't even enjoy it, you know, and so I want to get to a place and I think we will is, um, and I think the industry also needs to, because for the longest period of time, they were, everyone was complaining about, oh, another fashion, week. oh, another fashion, yes. or like, you know, you don't want ever want to, you don't ever want to take anything for granted because As I said, this pandemic in this particular moment made me realize how grateful I am that I'm able to have a roof over my head, you know, a guy, an immigrant, a guy from Nepal who knew nobody in America came here with this simple idea of becoming a designer and made it happen. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I have all this stuff. How can I be anything but, you know, like to have to be grateful for this. And so I was like, you know, gratitude is the only way one can move forward because gratitude Allows you to be empathetic, yes, optimistic, hopeful, resilient. You know, and that to me is the only way to be at this particular moment and forever. That's really wonderful. Um,
0: That's great. Yeah. How how as you're working with your team, tell us more about yeah, the yeah, okay. how, right. does it, how does <coughs> it play out in real life? Um, how um, do you and yes, your team so... um, not go crazy with all of the work and try and enjoy it and encourage each other to? Which new heights of creativity?
1: You know, I will say I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by a team that um, sees the mission behind the brand, um, you know, um, understands what we're trying to do, uh, small or bigger changes in every aspect. Um, So every department functions differently, like PR and sales. They're remote most yeah. of the time, like you know, because it's easier. You, know, you you can have a phone conversation now. When it comes to design and production, where you have to drape, where you have to do, it's um, it is. Um, I would say you know, like um, you have to be in, in person. You have to go to the studio. You have to talk to them. And it's been. I will say for some crazy reasons, far more efficient. I don't know why. I think it's it's become in this. I think we got so much done in this like like couple of months. Mm-hmm um so it's from whether it's zoom calls whether it's um you know i was yeah the other day we were doing fittings and um i was like my production manager was in factory um and then i was at the home we was on a zoom call figuring out about draping and everything like you know and um so yeah it's it, that's what i feel like that's what i love about um human beings it's it's like we're able to if we allow ourselves we're able to adapt so fast and and i that's why i don't i don't normally operate from place of panic
0: Mm, yes that's clear you've got us kind of calmness and sort of centered feeling
1: i mean you know like 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 there are people that i'll go and express like you know by no means am I sitting here and being like, oh, I'm so chill. It's not. There is anxiety. There is, you know, what's going to happen. But you're not screaming no. At no people. No, yeah. When some
0: people, the anxiety yeah. manifests itself in so many ugly ways.
1: Absolutely. And for me, it's like, I also have learned to not micromanage, you know, because it's also like my team, as I said, like, you know, I always say this is what it is. and um, And honestly, like, I've been like really, really fortunate enough to have a team that really brings in, You know, more ideas than I've asked for. and Because I simply operate with this idea. And I always say, there's no such thing as a wrong answer. The only wrong answer is, I don't know. Okay, what you can say is, I don't know, let me find out. Mm -hmm. Or if you make a mistake, if you're asked to do something, let's say, if you're asked to do something, I always say, come here, like, don't say I don't know. Just be like, okay, here, this is what I think. What is your opinion? But here are other options also. And I think this is what we should do. That that's the kind of employee I was when I was a Bill Blast. Yeah. And I had bosses and everyone, I'd always go there with here's a situation, here's a problem we're running into. This is what I think we should do, but these are other two options. But it's up to you guys, yeah. you know? And because it allows your own mind, the muscle to grow when yeah. you think like that, rather than just doing what you're told, you know? Right. Because I also operate with a simple idea that not all good ideas come from me. You know, the more open you are, the more collaborative you are. You get to learn. You get to learn. You get to understand. And I always say for me personally, I'm a fashion designer. I'm a creative person, but I'm also a storyteller. Yes. You know, through my clothes, through what I do, through my creativity, I tell stories simply because storytellers are healers. You know, and I grew up Back home in Nepal, with a lot of challenges in, in school and everything, and I understood. And when 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 I found a teacher, an American teacher, her name was Michelle Manin, uh, who really took me under her wings and started telling me stories about being okay with being different. My mother, who completely accepted me and just like celebrated me and nurtured me and you know like celebrated my differences and told stories. My sister, you know, was, and it was always women, you know, who came to my rescue and always, and they healed me through their stories. You know, so I understood the magic of like um, storytelling and an authentic, real story, vulnerable storytelling and what it can do to other people, yes. people you may never know. And I I always say, like in a fashion includes my, you know, language the medium of you know, my expression mm-hmm. uh, but at the end of the day i'm just um, sharing my stories you know yes yeah.
0: yes and but and how how is it how to close tell stories too
1: oh my god it um, yeah because i
0: mean they they do but it's yeah. very complicated it to is explain it, how
1: it is a I always it's a it tells the story of the creator. Yes. Okay, that's the one thing I think that's mainly, and it's also like who goes out there and presents it also tells a story. Yes. You know, um, and also where it is made. You know? mm-hmm. So that's it. Then it talks about. I mean, you. I mean, more than me, you are the you're an expert at this. Like you know, I mean, if it's like let's say. Uh, all, like turtleneck all covered up and everything, there is, there may be a sensuality, maybe it, it's a discrete sensuality versus, let's say, a bra top and a skirt, that's like yes. an uh, obvious sensuality. But even where, when, um, when that kind of, like, let's say obvious sens- sensuality also, there's times when I put things like yes. that out there, simply to, I like ruffling a little bit of feathers at times, simply because I always like to challenge the notions and old notions, what is chic, what is not? What is beautiful? What is not? What is, let's say, sexy and lack of a better word, like slutty? You know, mm-hmm. that's what those were. And I always believe that, I always believed against slut shaming, especially to women. Yes. You know, and, and I always said that, you know, my job as a designer is to give women options never to dictate how they should look. My job is to say, this is what my version of a story. Do you believe in it? Great. You know, but it, after you buy those clothes, it's totally up to you. So through clothes, there's so subtle nuances, especially during shows, you know. It's music, it's lighting, it's the storyline. And so, I mean, I mean, for me, it's always been about the casting for me. Yes. You know, and, you know, like my shows have always extremely diverse in race, in um, gender identification, um, age, size. Yeah. You know, those were things that were not popular in fashion. When I started out, it used to be when we used to do casting, it would be like, okay, you got two black models, two, three Asians, and you good. that was it, you know? And, and um, that
0: was that was already at the more extreme end. You should be like, one black model, that's enough. That's yeah. enough, we have one already. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's what it used to be. And then, God forbid, a, a girl was size four. Right. Okay, and, and then I'd be like, but she's a tall girl. Her bones are big. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's fine. And, you know, in, in the beginning, I followed the rules because I was smart enough... As I said, you know, I didn't have outside investors. So I was smart enough to know that if I did this, this, I can get certain place where it allows me to get the finances that I need. Yeah. I did that. And in the beginning also, I was experimenting and I was like trying everything. And then I it didn't really fulfill my soul. I was like, I remember my nieces were growing up and they would see my runway show and it was predominantly white girls. And it would be, you know... And there'd be one or two Asians, they're like, oh, we like that dress. And they were like four or five. Yeah. I immediately got what they of were course, saying. Of course, you they know, they, identify with yeah, the model. Yeah, and, and without me, then I was just like, then I woke up one day and I can sit here and be advocate for women and say all this stuff. But if I don't have women, you know, uh, how, how they would choose to identify, sizes, race, and everything, well, then, then it's all false. Mm. Then it's all false, you know. So, and I was like, and I asked, the, the rarest opportunity from someone coming from Nepal I was the only designer like I remember when I left Nepal everyone said it was a good hobby you know and <laughs> they, when I, when I, yeah and so and you know when I left Nepal I was the only designer from there and I had this opportunity and platform and story like and I was like, why not tell this story because my personal dinner table looks colorful, you know um people I hang out look m- m- colorful my Even, like, you know, my after-party dinners or something, are always filled with different, like, actors, politicians, you know, activists to designers to creatives. It's always that. So, why should my runway look like that, Mm. you know? And I think I remember when I started speaking out about all this stuff, um, I I mean, when I did my collaboration with Lane Bryant for Plus Size, I remember I was at a party one girl was like, why are you making clothes for fat people? You know,
0: and they don't need to have any clothes.
1: Yeah, know. and and all I said is I said it's because of people like you. That's what I said it out mm-hmm. loud. And she was like, "Oh, I'm, I didn't mean." That. And then she was, then she was like, "I said to her, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just here. I'm, I I have zero delusions that I only alone can change this. Well, I don't have that, but I am going to be one of one of voice. Hopefully, there'll be others, and collectively we can make a change. You know, I remember it was Cindy Levy who was the editor-in-chief of Glamour magazine. Um, Two years ago, she said to me at a party she was hosting, um, and she said to me, you know, Prabhupada, how does it feel um, when the culture catches up to you and Mm -hmm. when the world catches up to you? And I I looked at her and I said, you know, I said, I didn't even think about that. Because I remember growing up feeling unseen, completely invisible. um, And I know what it feels like when your existence is not validated. Yeah. You know, people don't see you. And I promised myself, long time back, you know, when people were telling me I was different, I said, I'll do things differently. I'll do things that are right for me and me sounds right, and I'll make sure that whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever I put out there, that it touches someone yeah. who's never had a, uh, voice And that's one of the reasons when I did my Lynn Bryant collaboration. I asked them, I said, I want the best photographer in his avenue. And, and I said, um, best model, Ashley Graham, and pages of Vogue. And, and we had a long chat with Vogue. And then we, you know, Anna gave me a page and a half for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling me, it may not result in sales, but I know there will be a woman, there will be a girl who will turn the pages of Vogue, who, may, who might have never seen her there, who will suddenly feel like, I belong. And I know how important it is for people to feel that they belong, that their existence matters, that they matter. You know?
0: In a way, of course, fashion is about that. It's to be seen and yeah. to be acknowledged for yeah.
1: who you are. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it, who you are, and it is also about you, but, and whether you choose to reveal or conceal. Yes, you know? that's right. You know? And what, what, that's what I think is so magical about um, fashion is it's to, you can be a chameleon. You can be whoever you want to. You know that's why I always allow myself to go through the motions of what I feel in the morning, and that's how I dress. You know, and I think it is the most, I would say, um, exciting. And it takes me back to my old boys, you know, um, school back home in Nepal, where all I did was sketch, and I escaped in that world of like dreamlike world where I could sketch and just imagine what I. You know, what the world could be. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Of course. This, this is so, fabulous. Of this course. is great. Thank no, you. No, thank
1: you, Did we cover everything?
0: I think we did.